where you found us. Welcome to the Community Church Oxford podcast. We are so honored that you decided to join us. We hope that if you don't have a church home, that you'll find a church home that is a Bible preaching church. However, if you are just checking us out, we're honored that you would do that. We hope that you're encouraged by God's word today. You're also encouraged by the experience that you have through our podcast. If you want to find out more about us, you can check us out at www.communityoxford.com or check us out on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Again, thank you for joining us today at the Community Church Oxford Podcast. Amen. You know, um, this morning, I feel... um, I feel an unusual emotion, uh, and I think it's because of the simple fact of uh, just watching um, our world in these last few days, a uh, few weeks, and as I said earlier, in the last month, um, or maybe even months, uh, of watching how quickly this disease, the coronavirus, has spread, and um, I got to be honest with you, we were, as elders and as a staff, we had prayed about gathering when people earlier in the week, at least by Thursday and Friday and definitely Saturday yesterday, were canceling their meetings and their gatherings. And, and, I, and I don't want you to think that we're trying to be super spiritual here because us gathering is not what makes us people of faith. It's not what makes us spiritual. Gathering together as a body of Christ is what God has called us to do. And I'm, I, I just want to make sure that we understand that we are not teaching something here to say, hey, if the government says that you're not supposed to meet, then you don't meet. And, and, and this is a different situation because we live in the land of the free and we live in one of the greatest nations in the world that gives us such freedom, not just as followers of Christ, but you can be a follower of anything and you can worship freely. And I, and I praise God for that. Amen? Amen? But at the end of the day... And I, and I talked to some of our people in our church that are physicians, and I thought other ones were, others were on trips, and then they show up this morning, and so I didn't get a chance to talk to them, but talk to people that are in our church that are in politics and that kind of thing, and, and as, as elders and as a staff, and Beth and I, as we prayed, we just, we just felt this urge to gather together as the body of Christ. And so I, I just want to confess something this morning. Um, at first, I thought it was my pride, if I can just be real transparent. Man, nobody's going to tell us we can't meet, and we're going to gather together, and we're going to lift up the name of Jesus because that's what we've been called to do. And church, to be honest, I don't know what the days ahead look like, okay? But I know that we could gather today, and I felt like it was important that for those who felt well enough, healthy enough to come and gather together in God's house and, and, and as the body of Christ that we had to come together. Because I'm convinced either if you're here present with us physically in this building or if you're with us online, I am convinced this morning that God has a word for us as a people of faith. 
And I'm not so arrogant or so prideful or so egotistical. And I know some of you are like, man, I I think you are prideful and I think you are arrogant and I think you are egotistical at times. I'm not saying I'm not that way at times, but my goal today is not to be those things. My goal today is in great humility and, 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 and to humble myself before God and say, okay, God, I know that you have a word for our church, for community church. And then those that you are inviting together with us, I realize we have people today that go to other churches and because their churches didn't meet, they felt that same urge and that same need. And look, we're not trying to take you away from your church. When your church doors open back up, will you please go back because your church needs you. But I'm, I, I am convinced, or at least I'm burdened for the fact that God is calling us as a people of faith, as his church, as his body, as his bride, to make sure that we understand there are but one of two choices to respond in times like this. The first is automatically fear. And by the way, I'm not about to be political. Every media outlet there is, is causing us to be afraid. You know why? Because fear is money. And if they can cause us to be afraid, then we will have to accept but respond in what? To gather as much as we can, gather as much as we can. And we'll talk about that in a few moments. Some of the things that we're gathering, I just don't quite get. My brother and I, he's here today. We grew up in the Delta. I can guarantee you, you can find other ways to take care of your business if you need to, if it gets bad enough. (laughs) But church, I think we have a great opportunity to respond to people with what? Faith. And so I am honored that you are gathered. To be honest with you, it's so much easier to preach to people than not. But I'm also thankful for those that God has gathered with us online. Think about the early church, man. They met in homes, gathered in kitchens and dens and that kind of thing. And today there are families that are doing that. And I praise God for it because nothing can stop our God because our love for Jesus and Jesus's love for us, the gospel will go forth. Amen. Father God, I ask you this morning to hide me behind the cross God, I'm a screwed up dude and I got tons of issue in my life, issues in my life. I got sin in my life. So clean me up. Use me as your vessel and move in a mighty way in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, hey, this morning the title of my message is let's take a time out. Let's call a time out. We need some good news. So for you that gather with us weekly and know that we've been going through the book of Acts, we will get back on that next week, or at least that's the plan, but we're not going to get in the way of God's plans, amen? But I really feel like this morning that we need to call a timeout and we need some good news. And please understand, I'm not saying Acts is not good news. Acts is the good news on the move, but I am pretty convinced that God gave me this word, and this word began on Thursday as I was already preparing to teach Acts chapter 12 this morning. And let's just kind of dive in. In opening this morning, we are, as we look back over the past week or more like the past month, we've been able to see things unfold before our eyes. When we were praying for our brothers and sisters in mainland China and other parts of Asia, it was almost like, well, that's all the way over there. But then it hit Europe and especially Italy and Spain, and we'll begin to see it spread all over Europe But for Italy, with our friends and our partnerships like Baldwin and his family and Joe, 
uh, that, that's a filmmaker over there that we've supported. And then our very own Jeff McCutcheons and his family were in Spain because their oldest daughter was uh, involved in a, a soccer opportunity over there. Uh, just to give you some news there, uh, Spain closed yesterday. Uh, no flights in, no flights out. And on midnight, Friday night, which was our midnight, Jeff McCutcheons and his family and one other family in our neighbor, in our community was able to get on the last plane out of Barcelona. And they made it home last night. Uh, he sent me a picture of him and the family, Bebe and all of them, big smiles on their face. And they're joining us this morning via online because they had to, because of where they've come from, enter into a 14-day voluntary uh, quarantine. They are fine. They passed all the medical things, but just out of respect and honor of our medical people, those people that have initials before their names, that means they're smart, okay, um, told them that they needed to enter into a 14-day quarantine. And so I am just so grateful, amen, that God has brought so many. Many of you might know this. Many of you might not. Um, Oxford School District now has a deal where students get to study abroad during spring break, and we had over 80 students that were uh, all over Europe from my understanding. They all made it home safe. Uh, we had a team from Guatemala that made it home yesterday with crews. Some of them are actually with us today. And then also we have a team coming home from Cuba tonight. So it's amazing, but can I tell you something? The body of Christ is the body of Christ, amen? But when we see it over there, it's like, oh man, that's, that's a little further. That's a little far off. But still, we're like, that's still far off. And when we begin to see cases beginning to creep up in Washington and California and New York and Virginia, and we begin to see, man, finally, Mississippi and Alabama are not the first and, you know, like, we're not the, wor we're not the worst situation. And then, boom, it happened in Hattiesburg. And I think as of today, we're at like six cases. I would assume by the time we get out of church, it will probably be more than that. But big Wednesday night and Thursday morning, the news of the NBA and college basketball and then college baseball announced that they would call a halt. And by Friday, they said no more. The dominoes begin to fall. And then Friday, the president issues a national emergency. Yesterday, our governor issued a state of emergency for the state of Mississippi. And I was thinking for the toilet paper rolls that might have survived the first few days of this epidemic would not much longer survive. They didn't. I'm still not sure the crave behind that one. Hand sanitizers, yes. Toilet paper, no. Because as I said earlier, and I'm not trying to be funny, but I am trying to make light of where we're at. It's amazing what we will do. I, I'm one of those people, I understand milk and eggs and bread and all that kind of thing, I don't know if you've noticed or not, uh, my brother was telling me this morning that he's weighed the heaviest he's ever weighed in his life, and I looked at him, and I'm still 50 pounds more than he is, and I just looked at him, I said, well, what do you think your brother weighs? And he goes, I don't know, 205, he was being gracious. <laughs> I'm about 210, without the brick on my head. I mean, but man, if I get quarantined, man, I want some ding-dongs and some Twinkies and some Oreo. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I want. But I do want you to hear this, church. If we can't get out, the church is going to be the people that are going to deliver the food. If we can't meet needs and needs can't be met, the church is going to be the people that run after those people. Amen? And I begin to think back to my devotion on Thursday, March the 12th. 
It's New Morning Mercies by Paul David Tripp, and I just need to give this disclaimer. Practically, my whole message is coming from him today, so there you go. But this was the first line in my daily devotion on, two, on Thursday. Life in this terribly broken world is hard. Life in this terribly broken world is hard. As I continue to read my devotion, I'm reminded our God is never caught by surprise by anything. However, we have a chance, or excuse me, we have a choice of how we will respond. Tripp went on to say, you are constantly dealing with the frustrations of this world, not operating the way God intended them to operate. You are always facing the unexpected. Almost daily, you are required to deal with something you wouldn't have chosen for your life, but it doesn't, it, 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 but, it's, but it's because of the location of where we live. And I'm not talking about as Americans. I'm not talking about uh, as Spanish speakers. I'm not talking about as French speakers. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about it's the world that we live in. Tripp says that life right here, right now, is like living in a broken down house that has begun to fall down on its own foundation. It's still a house, but it doesn't function as it's meant to. The doors constantly get stuck shut. The plumbing only occasionally works properly. That makes sense for the toilet paper. The roof leaks when it rains. So it is with the world that you and I live in. It's really a broken down house. Turn with me to James chapter 1. We're going to move a lot today. We're going to be in James. We're going to be in Romans. We're going to be in Hebrews. We're going to be in 2 Timothy. We're going to be in Philippians because I'm convinced that God gave me this word. James 1.1 1, 1 says, James, a servant of God of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. Or dispersion. Here's what I want you to see. First of all, James is a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's also Jesus' half-brother, if you didn't know that. And James did not believe that Jesus was who he says he was until Jesus was resurrected. Neil, it's funny that you're here this morning. The time that I walked through James with our church and I got to this point, I said, hey, I get that. If I was telling my brother I was somebody special, he'd be going, man, you're crazy. I know who you are. James was the same way. James was the same way. He's like, there's no way. But now he's a servant of God of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, to the 12 tribes of dispersion, greetings. What he's saying is, guess what? Because of the, 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 the epidemic in the world at that time, because Christians were being persecuted because of plagues and wars and disease and all that, guess what? People were scattered. And I want you to look at verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let the steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect. Hear me, church. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Church, if there is a time that we need to ask God for wisdom, it is now. Why is it that we listen to so many voices in our lives? We listen to so many different avenues, but those avenues and those voices are not God himself. The word says, if you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously without reproach, and it will be given to him. 
Verse six, but let him ask in faith with no doubting for one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. It says, but let him ask in faith without doubting. Church, can I share something with you? The world would tell us that in these moments, in times like this, in circumstances like this, that we need to doubt. And I want you to know something, church, if there's ever been a time for us to be bold and us to to stand up, not on our own agenda, not on our own pride, not on our own egotistical by, uh, thinking, but to stand on the fact that God is who he says he is. It is now. We have to have faith because if we don't have faith, then we're saying that the hope we have in Jesus is a lie. And if we don't have that, then guess what? We are doom and gloom right now. This is bad news. This is overwhelming, but praise be to God, amen. This is not the end. end. Look at verse nine. Let the low brother boast in his exaltation. Let the rich in his humiliation, because like the flowers of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with a scorching heat and withers the grass and his flowers fall and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Church, I'm kind of... Digging in a little personal this morning. But what are our pursuits? Is our pursuits vertical or is it horizontal? Because here's what I see us in the world doing. You let people take our stuff away. You let people take our, our, our cares away. You let people take our comfort away. Man, we blow up. I mean, I like NBA basketball because my sons like NBA basketball. But to be real honest with you, I'd rather watch college. But when NBA dropped the line and said, hey, we're suspending play, it began to kind of affect some people in my life. Sean is one of our pastors. He's an FCA chaplain for Ole Miss's basketball team. Unfortunately, they didn't do so well at the SEC tournament, but before they leave that night, they're told the SEC tournament is canceled. Then we find out March Madness is canceled. And I don't know if y'all, but man, I don't really watch that much basketball unless I go with my family. But we all like the whole bracket challenge thing. We like the, hey man, I can beat you and it's a guessing game and all that. But when they took that away, we're like, man, what are we gonna do? Well, we still got baseball. And then we find out by Thursday that that SEC baseball has suspended play and the NCAA has suspended all spring sports and they've canceled the World Series and 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 the softball World Series. And we're like, whoa, wait a minute. Have you lost your mind? Because of our pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial for when he has stood, excuse me, Yeah, that's right. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God, hear me, church, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, he is being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then the desire it it has conceived gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, grown, brings forth death. Church, I'm not going to hide this. You know why we have sickness in this world? It's called sin. 
And I've heard people say, well, you're telling me my mom has cancer because of sin. I'm not saying your mom has cancer because of her sin, but I am telling you that cancer was brought into this world because of sin. After our first service, I had somebody walk up to me and said, so fish, there's going to be no emotion in heaven. Oh yeah, there's going to be emotion, but it's going to be joyful. And it's going to be celebration. And they said, well, what will we do if we don't know the difference? I'm like, we were created not to know the difference. We were created to have joy. We were created to be holy because God is holy. We were created to pursue God and everything. And God wins, but we choose ourselves so often. We choose sin. Why? Because we see the desire of it. We see the lust of it. It, 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 it pulls us in, James says. But what do you get with sin? The desire when it has conceived gives birth to sin, verse 15, and sin when it is fully grown brings forth death. I'm not saying that you can't enjoy the pleasures of this world, but some of those pleasures will lead to what? Death. Look at verse 16. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Meaning, it does not matter what we face in this world. If we have faith, we can trust that God will never change. Because nothing can stop our God. Amen? Look at what it says in verse 18. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be the kind of first fruits of his creatures. Meaning, guess what? We ought to model for other people that we run to faith and we run to the hope of Jesus and we don't run to fear. So back to my devotion. There's really only two responses we can have in the brokenness that complicates all of our lives. It's either cursing or mourning. It's either cursing or mourning. Cursing is more the natural response Tripp says, hey, I know that after they canceled NCAA basketball and then SEC baseball, some of y'all were cussing, not cursing. Like y'all was cussing. Look, I see your social media. You know it, I know it. We curse the fact that we have to deal with this in the first place. Where did this come from? And some of us are cussing the place and, and cursing the place even though, we don't, even though it's only speculation because no one really knows where it came from. We curse the things in general. We curse the fact that promises get broken, relationships shatter, dreams die. We curse the fact that this broken world is where we live. When we curse things, it leads us to be irritated, impatient, bitter, and angry and discontent. You know why? Because that's the way sinners respond to when they don't get their way. It's always, I, always get, I always love getting asked this question. So were we born into sin or, were we, or did we have to find sin? Let me ask you a question. If you have a two-year-old in your life or a three-year-old in your life or an 18-month-old in your life, do you have to teach them how to throw a fit? No. Because when they're not getting what they want, what do they do? They throw a fit. Guess what? We're the same way. They took NBA away from me. They took NCAA away from me. They took SEC Bay. And guys, I'm not saying that it hadn't affected us, but there are bigger problems in our world. Like that there's 7.8 billion people in the world and there's 4.5 billion that don't even know Jesus. Do you know what that means, church? It means they're going to hell. And we don't preach that. We don't really believe there is a hell because if we did, we'd preach it. Church, hear me today. There is a hell. And there are tons of people, millions and even billions of people that will find it. So instead of cursing, there's another response. 
Romans 8, verses 22 through 39. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. Not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we eagerly for, for as we wait eagerly for the adoptions of sons, the redemption of our bodies, for this is this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Just let's be real. The reason we're cursing right now is because of the simple fact we are not patient people. You mean there might be a possibility that I can't go to the store? You mean that I might have to work from home? You mean that I might not be able to go to church? Hey church, I don't know if you know this or not, but the church is not for us. The church is for him. We can worship God anywhere we are. We can celebrate Christ anywhere we are. I think we need to understand that God is teaching us to be patient. But look at verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Here's what's so beautiful. I get that some of us don't even know how to pray, but don't quit praying. Continue to pray and ask the Spirit to groan for you, to pray for you, even when you don't know what to pray. That's what people of faith do. We don't run to fear, we run to faith. Verse 27 goes on and says, and he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. And I am convinced that all over this world today, people, pastors have taken this one verse and they're preaching on it. And I'm not saying that I think that's wrong, but what I am saying is, is that we got to understand there's more to this. Why is the world groaning? Because the world groans for God to intervene on our behalf. And how do we know for those who love God, all things work together for the good for those who are called according to his purpose. We know that because our hope is not in this world. Our hope is in Jesus. But church, don't get it twisted. For all things to work to the, to the good of those who are called according to his purpose, it might mean that you have to die. What? I didn't stutter. For all things to work for good, it might mean that the only hope that we have is that when we die, because when we die, we get what? We get heaven. Folks, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm going to go out one way or the other. And if the coronavirus takes me out, do me a favor. Don't curse God for it. Praise God for it. Because I ain't got to deal with this anymore. I told Trail Jones because he was in the first service. He and I have this reminder. If Beth forgets to put the bumper sticker on my casket, return to center, sender, somebody in this room better put it on there. Because I know where I'm going. Why? Because my hope is in Christ. And because I know that for those who love God, all things work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. But it doesn't stop there, church. Look at what verse 29 says. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. And what does all that say? If you belong to Jesus, you are in good hands. Look at verse 31. What then shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Can I get an amen? 
We don't live by fear, we live by faith. Look at verse 32. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with, with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against us as God, God's elect? It, it is God who justifies. Who is it to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he was the one that was raised. He is at the right hand of God who is indeed interceding for us. So verse 35 says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, church, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are being regarded as sheep as to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more in conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, or anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why is that so important? Because of this. Our hope is vertically, not horizontally. So guess what? We might lose everything, but we cannot lose our hope in Jesus because without that hope we have no hope so back to my devotion there's another response besides cursing cursing is all about comfort our pleasure our ease cursing is fundamentally self-centered Tripp says but there's mourning Mourning is a much better response. Mourning embraces the tragedy of the fall in Genesis chapter three when we blew it and sin caused us to be separated from God. You know what mourning says? We're mourning the fact until God makes it right again. Some of you are like, man, do you wanna die? I don't wanna die. I'm not afraid to die. You know why I'm not afraid to die? Because this is not the end. I'm 43 years old. I got a lot more to live if that'd be God's will. But if God wants to take me out, I'm good. And do me a favor, if I, and I'm not saying you're gonna come, that's me perceiving that you might come, maybe celebrate my life. Maybe you're coming to make sure I'm dead. I mean, I don't know, but the point I'm making is don't, don't grieve, don't mourn for me. If you're mourning, you can mourn by celebrating. I love it when, we, when, when people that, and I, love might not be the right word, but I'm, I'm blown away amazed how when people that are in Christ were sitting there weeping and mourning. You know why we're weeping and mourning? Because we're selfish. Mourning is not always a bad thing. Mourning acknowledges that the world is not the way God meant it to be. Mourning cries out to God for help. Mourning acknowledges the suffering of others. Mourning is about something bigger than the fact that life is hard, Tripp says. Mourning grieves that what sin has done to the cosmos and longs for the redemption from the Redeemer. Mourning then is the response that is prompted by grace. Why do we mourn? Because in mourning, we long for Jesus. And if we're longing for Jesus, the only thing that's going to fix this current epidemic or the next epidemic or the next war or the next disease or the next problem or the next situation is Jesus. And we got to long for that. And in our longing, it might even become mourning. I'm going to ask the band to go ahead and make their way back up because as we close... When you think about grace, mourning then is the response that is prompted by grace. Grace, remember, is getting what we don't deserve. Remember me earlier saying I, I was afraid that I might have been a little prideful, a little arrogant, that I, I just wanted us to meet together? The more I think about that, I don't think it's my pride for me, it's my pride for you. 
It's my arrogance for you. Like, I want you to have the privilege and the opportunity, if you haven't truly put your faith and trust in Christ, to have yet one more opportunity to do it. I understand it took effort for you to come here this morning. You know who it took even more effort? The people that are online. Because, man, I'm going to be honest with you, it could have been real easy just to stay in the bed and go, well, church is, church is closed. Church is never closed. Amen? Grace is, is that God would let us worship him anywhere. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus... By the new and living way that is open for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from, the, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Meaning that what Christ has done for us on the cross he has made us clean. What he's done for us through the resurrection, he has given us new life. Then look at verse 23. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. So why do we not run to fear in times like this? Because we're people of faith. Faith is not what we see. Faith is what we don't see. People say, well, what do we do? What do we do? Stay in the truck. Don't jump out. If Jesus is driving, just hang on because he is faithful. Look at verse 24. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. I'm going to ask you to leave that on the screen just for a second. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Church, I'm convinced this morning that nothing else will do in this time of need but Jesus. Nothing else will measure up. Am I anxious? A little bit. Am I concerned? A little bit. Am I overwhelmed? Not even close. Am I defeated? I'm breathing, aren't I? And our God reigns. Look at this verse, church. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love. You know what's going on in our world today, and don't you miss it. We're stirring up people in confusion and fear. Wash your hands. Make good decisions. Don't be unwise. And if you don't have wisdom, ask God for wisdom. And what does his word say in James? He'll be faithful. Let's stir up each other in love. I'm tired of the world getting credit for what God created. Man did not create love. God did. So may we stir up one another in love. And then look at what it says in good works. Hear me say this from the pulpit. You online hear me say this. If there's a need, let us know. We'll help meet it. If you're hungry, we'll give you something to eat. If you're thirsty, we'll give you something to drink. Because can I tell you something, church? The church will rise in these moments. The church will be who God's called us to be. Because the real church is not going to be intimidated by a disease. It's not going to be intimidated by war. It's not going to be intimidated by sin. The church is going to rise up. Why? Because we are going to be stirred up in love. We're going to be stirred 
up in the good works of what God is doing and God's going to do it through us. And guess what? They're going to forget who we are, but they're going to remember Jesus. And then look how this text closes. Not neglecting to meet together. And you online are going, man, you're you're together. You're with us. You don't have to be physically present to be together. We're not going to quit. If they tell us we can't have church next week, we'll gather together in homes. We'll gather together as the body of Christ because we cannot neglect it. It says, do not neglect to meet together as in the habit of some. But listen to this. But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Look out for the, them prophecies, okay? They say the end's coming. The way I read the book, no man knows. Not even Christ himself knows. But can I be honest with you, church? We're closer today than we were yesterday. And if we're given grace to live tomorrow, we'll be closer tomorrow than we are today. So here's what I want you to think about in closing. So we have a choice. How will we respond? Will we respond the way the world does with cursing because the current circumstances have caused us inconvenience? Or will we respond with the language in which all speak as followers of Jesus, which is mourning because he mourns for us until we return to his original design? The world is watching, church. The language we will speak, the world watches. Let us take advantage of these opportunities to point people to faith and not fear. 2 Timothy 1.7, look at what this says. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Can I tell you something? There are people all around us. They're afraid. You know why? Because they don't have a hope. My friend George Ross, who's a, a planner, pastor in New Orleans, he says he was in a local coffee shop yesterday. He said he and the two baristas that, baristas that were working there were the only three people in the whole thing. And he just simply said, he gave them an extra tip. And he told them, he said, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. And they asked a question when he said he was praying for them. And you know what they asked? They said, we're afraid we're going to lose our job. We, want, we don't know how to pray. Will you teach us how to pray? Church, can I tell you something? In the midst of great tribulation, God's going to manifest himself. The hope of Christ is only hope that we have and people are going to be drawn to that hope for God gave us a spirit not of fear but of power love and self-control may we love others and may we not fear check this out ask people if you can pray for them and about their fears and their questions and their doubts look at Philippians 4 6 do, do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God Finally, let's point them to Scripture. James 1, Romans 8, Hebrews 11, and so many more. 2 Timothy 1, Philippians 4. I get today and this week and these days were hard for pastors and elders all over this country to decide to meet or not to meet. I'm so afraid, not because of this current situation. I'm afraid of the fact that maybe we hadn't taught you enough how to live faith by yourself. You don't need man. You don't need unbelievable instruments like these people to point us to Christ. But can I tell you what you need? You need Jesus. Jesus crucified and Jesus resurrected. Because he sits at the right hand of God today, and you know what he does? He intercedes on our behalf.
If we have hope, what better hope than that? Will you pray with me? Father God, nothing else will do. You are the only thing. You are the only thing that will matter. You are the only thing that we can put our hope in, put our trust in. So God, this morning we pray that you make a way, that you show us who you are, and that we would put our trust in you. God, if there's someone here today, publicly or online, that doesn't know Jesus, God, they don't need to be in a church. They don't have to come down. They can cry out right where they are and confess you. God, I pray for salvation. God, I pray for wisdom. I pray for protection. But most of all, I pray you be glorified. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said. My name is Fish Robinson. I'm the lead pastor here at Community Church Oxford. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Community Church Oxford podcast. We hope that you'll consider joining us again in the future. And until then, God bless.